Today and every day, Planned Parenthood is committed to ensuring that everyone has the information and resources they need to make their own decisions about their bodies, including abortion care. Lawmakers who oppose abortion are attacking Planned Parenthood, which means affordable, high-quality, basic health care for more than 2 million people is at stake. The right to control your body and get the health care everyone needs has been stolen. And now politicians in nearly every state have introduced bills that would block people from getting the sexual and reproductive care they need. Planned Parenthood believes everyone deserves health care. It's a human right. And that's why they fight every day to push for common sense policies that protect your right to control your own body and against policies that interfere with decisions between patients and their doctors. Planned Parenthood needs your support now. Now more than ever. With supporters like you, you can help reclaim your rights and protect and expand access to abortion care. Visit PlannedParenthood.org future. That's PlannedParenthood.org future. Did you know that it's Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAIP-owned brands right now like Cardin, Kaja, Emilia George, and hey, Meve, plus you can help support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in store to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander owned brands at Macy's.com or in store. a podcast for me, Nicole Byer, tries to figure out how you're still single, even though you could give me a candle and say, it's not wax, it's hardened cum. I'll still light it and go, hmm, smells good. <laughs> my, guest, my guest today is a hilarious stand-up comedian. Her new special, Look At You, is now streaming on Netflix. It's her second fucking special, right? It's your second one? Which is so fucking exciting. It's Taylor Tomlinson. Beep, boop, boop, beep, 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 that intro beep, was beep. so fun. I, for a second, I was like, is this an ad read for cum candles? <laughs> like, this is seamless, <laughs> this product placement. <laughs> Thank you. I say something wild up top, and I was just like looking at a candle. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was like, what if it was filled with cum? Um, I haven't had a chance to watch your full special, but I watched your closer, which was so fun because I was, I don't know, I always think it's fun to be like, hmm, if I don't have time, what's the closer? And I just, you're so effortless and like funny. It's delightful. Oh, thank you. That's so funny because I feel like I'm putting in the most effort. I feel like I'm trying so hard <laughs> and I look at someone like you and I go, no, that's effortless. That's just somebody being because you're not just like a funny stand-up you're just like a funny person that people just want to put in everything oh. like you just like people just want to hang out with you regardless of the setting 
or situation, they're like, will you host this? Will you act in this? Will you do stand up over here? Like, there's just like not enough of you to go around. And I'm like, I'm good at stand up. That's the one thing I can do. And so I look at you and I just think effortless. Oh, Taylor, it's a lot of effort. I just did a show at the comedy store, which I don't think they're my crowd um, ever. I've never done a show there where I was like, they liked me. In the main room? This was the main room the other night. And it was uh, Josh Adam Myers' show. And he's great. I fucking love him. But the people, I think, were just... I was also wearing, like, purple overalls. <laughs> I kind of look like a toddler. And I was just like, hello. They <laughs> were like, what am I looking at? Was it Comedy Jam? <laughs> Um, that's where you sing? Yeah, that's the singing one. No. So it wasn't okay. the singing one. It was the one where you give something away from your life that you don't want anymore. So I gave away a Crocs gibbet oh. and a tampon. Uh, <laughs> because I wear a diva cup, so she doesn't need tampons <laughs> in her life anymore. <laughs> Such a fun show, but I truly was like, mm, yeah, alt rooms are where I thrive, where they're just like, mm, the weirder the better. I mean, that sounds like a very alty show for the comedy store. The premise of that show, actually. Yeah. yeah giving away yeah. an item from I didn't know that that was a show that existed. I only knew about the singing one. It's fun. Which I always say no to because I cannot sing even a little I bit. I can't sing either. Oh, my God. I feel like you could probably sing. <laughs> I think that's the thing you say to everyone who's like, I can't sing. You're like, oh, no, I, I feel it in your heart. <laughs> you can do it. It's good. You're good. <laughs> I'm absolutely not good. I'm not good at all. And I'm so <laughs> jealous of people who can. I wish Same. I could sing more than anything in the world. Are you on the road right now? Uh, not at the moment. I am in L.A., but I fly to Louisville tomorrow. Damn. Do you just mean in general or at this moment specifically? Oh, I just meant in, in this moment specifically. Oh, in this moment specifically, no. If I was in a hotel, there'd be art on the walls, but I am at home, <laughs> so it looks like I'm in an asylum. <laughs> Wait, do you not have art on your wall? I do, but not in my bedroom. I do. I That's not true. <sighs> I have some over my bed, but one of them fell down while I was gone, oh, no. and I just haven't. But it, you know, when you're Fair. gone all the time, yeah. you know what it, like, it's you, like, what's the point? What's the point? Who you get home, cares? you're like... There's literally like four suitcases full of laundry mm -hmm. just littered about my apartment. It's never going to be clean again. The last time my apartment was clean was when I got COVID because I finally had time to do so. Oh, my God. Did you get COVID on the road? I probably I got it in mid-January, made it oh, so okay. far. And then I got it. I think I probably got it in New York went to Seattle and Portland and then tested positive. I left New York on like Thursday, tested mm -hmm. positive on Sunday before I had any symptoms. Um, just when I got home for like, because I was going in to edit my special. So it mm -hmm. wasn't even like, I think I'm sick. And when I tested positive, I was like, I bet that was a, a just a false, a false positive. positive. Yeah. yeah. And then like two days later, I felt horrible for, you know, the next 12 days. Uh, so I oh, 12 days. Uh, yeah, it was rough. It was not fun. No, thank you. No fucking thank you. I am truly in awe that like your special came out. You're touring again with a whole new hour because I think I saw that on Instagram and I was like, holy shit, you're a fucking machine. It's a new it's a I should say it's a different hour because some of the jokes just didn't make the final cut. So I was like, OK, I'll save mm -hmm. these so I can keep doing them. And then some of it's new that I wrote in the last three months and some of it's new that I wrote going into filming this special that I just worked mm -hmm. on in town and then did the hour on the road and so I have I have cobbled together a different hour and <laughs> everyone in my life is telling me I don't have to do that they're like you're fine 
just do old jokes if you want. It's mm-hmm. no one's going to be mad. Lots of people are like, we waited to watch the new one because mm-hmm. we had these tickets to see you live because I also didn't plan it very well in that. I, I don't know that I could have done this. Like when your special was coming out and Netflix told you when it was coming out, mm-hmm. did you go like, I would prefer this. Or were you just like, yeah, okay. Whatever you guys think, because I didn't say anything. I got lucky. You got lucky. I got really lucky that it was uh December. Mm-hmm. So it was like, everything's kind of closing down and, uh, I wasn't touring in December and I wasn't, and I hadn't booked anything until March this month. So I was like, mm, actually this works out. It just happened to work out. But like if it came out, say January, then I'd be like, Oh, I'm a little fucked because, uh, just shit's not lining up. Right. Mm, Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. They, I thought that it would come out like four or five months after mm-hmm. we filmed it. And yours came out really fast too, right? Yeah. After you filmed it? Yeah, we sh- we shot it in uh, September and it came out in December. Right. Which was nuts. Yeah, we shot, we shot Look at You in December, like December 17th, and it came out first week of March. So it was like two and a half months. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I thought I was going to have at least another month, Time. if not yeah. two. And I got COVID like right after I filmed it. So it it was like, it really set me back. And I thought I would be further along. So I've just been like doing shows in like the Yoohoo room at Flappers during the week Mm -hmm. to like work on the new hour. And I, again, I'm sure I could do a few old jokes. I'm debating whether or not to just like end on the closer from the special. Cause at that point it's been a new 55 Mm-hmm. and then it's whatever, but I don't know. I've never been in this situation where I, I should have probably said, Hey, I have another two months of tour dates after mm-hmm. March 8th. Maybe we should put it out in April, but I just didn't even, I was like, yeah, absolutely. Whenever you guys want. Well, I mean, it's such a huge thing that it's like, who am I to be of like, course. actually, yeah. oh, that doesn't work for my schedule. Right. Big conglomerate. You are Netflix. Yeah. So I fully feel the impulse to be like, no, 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 no. Thank you so much. Uh, whenever, whenever you want, it's, whatever, it's fine. Yeah. But I do think you could tell your closer from your special. And I think you could preface it with, if you watch my special, you know, my closer, but enjoy it again. And if you haven't seen it, there's a little treat. Yeah. You can do old jokes. I think. Me personally, my half hour came out, did a college show, and this girl came up to me. She's like, I'm a very big fan. was really disappointed that I had seen most of your hour in the half hour. And it came out like two weeks prior. I was like, okay, well, anytime anything comes out, it's all got to be new stuff. And I was like, this is just one person who has colored <laughs> so you a did lot a, of you me. You did an hour at that show, and she was yes. upset that she'd seen half of it? That she had seen 20 minutes of it because the ha- like the half hour I was doing, I only bit 20 minutes of it to fluff out that hour. And I was like, okay, well, yeah, if you put out material, it's got to be all new, which is insane. It's absolutely insane. And that was another reason why people are like, just do a few of the new jokes. And I said, no, no, no. Because mm-hmm. if I do a few of them, then people will go, she did the same stuff. They're not going to go. It was mostly new. I have Mm -hmm. to do all or nothing. So my options are 
people come and they go, that wasn't as good as their special, but it was all new stuff. <laughs> or they come and they go, yeah, there was a lot of stuff we had on her, but she did do stuff from the special. And my fear is that people then go, well, next time she's in town, we'll just, I mean, we'll just wait for it to be a special. Yeah. That's the shittiest part. Cause it's like when Beyonce comes to town, you're not like, huh. Where's the new shit, Beyonce? I know. I don't want to sing along. I want to wonder, where's this going? Yeah. And we are the equivalent of Beyonce uh, <laughs> in both <laughs> beauty and ability. So Yes, we are Beyonce's. <laughs> Taylor, tell me about your devout Christian upbringing. <laughs> <laughs> what an awful segue. Can you even? There wasn't a segue. You were like, we're both Beyonce. And I was like, mm-hmm. Christian is it? You were a Christian? Did you say Christianism? Christianism? <laughs> Tell me about the Christianism. Oh my god. Um, I mean, you saw my closer. You know how Christian I grew up. <laughs> it's so funny because I still have jokes about growing up that way. And you'd think that, you know, all these years later and two specials later, I would uh shut the fuck up about <laughs> it but i guess i'm still really mad mostly mm -hmm. about the uh unrealistic uh sexual expectations and trauma that i endured uh as a result of being told to be abstinent my entire life and that uh -huh. i was a whore and anybody who touched me didn't respect me or love me and uh turns out we're still working through all of that how fun is that <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I'm not religious anymore. I grew up very Christian and, uh, that's how I started doing stand up is in churches. Cause I took a class mm -hmm. from a, a Christian comic. Super oh. cool story. I mean, I think that's a cool story because I'm like, what jokes do Christian comics do? I mean, like Christian comics have church jokes cause they only perform in churches, but I uh, wasn't doing that cause I didn't want to, but I'm like, are there Bible premises? Like the thing yeah. about Cain and Abel are. Oh yeah, no, there like, are. I know what? you're doing bits, but that's, that's actually, <laughs> yeah. People have jokes like that for sure. That blows my mind. I'm trying to think of a good one about Noah's Ark and I can't think of one. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's usually the people who work the church circuit are usually uh, married men in their fifties, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's usually like family jokes. If they want to do like some innuendo, it has to be tied into like song of Solomon or whatever. Like they got to, they got to tie it into like a, a suggestive Bible verse, you know, like there's, I mean, pastors are always trying to be funny in sermons, mm -hmm. like literally always. I think our pastor growing up, like I found out at one point he had like wanted to be an actor. And I was like, that oh, checks no. out for sure. Um, and if your pastor was like funny, that was such a bonus. But then when they <laughs> tried to be funny and they weren't, it was a real bummer. But yeah, I, I, I think that there are, you know, for church audiences, they all mm -hmm. have the Bible in common. And of course that should be the thing you make fun of because <laughs> we're all on the same page of the Bible. I mean, the Bible's such like a I grew up pretty religious too. And I went to like vacation Bible school, Sunday school, mm -hmm. fucking such long church services. And anytime we read stuff from the Bible, I was like, Hey, this doesn't make sense. Yeah. How come this hasn't been updated to today? Speak to these parables are nuts that we take some of these verbatim and some of them are stories. And I'm like, who decided yeah. in the Bible? It's like, don't eat shrimp. And I'm like, the, the, I, I see a lot of y'all at the red lobster. So yeah. you tell me what's up. 
They're like, we just decided that one was like a joke. We thought that was, <laughs> that sounded sarcastic, that one. Uh, you started performing stand-up at 16, which to me is wild. I had no direction at 16. Oh, neither did I. I mean, kind of. It's like, you were like, I want to do comedy. No, I wasn't. I really wasn't. Oh. There was a woman at church who told my dad, I'm going to take this stand-up class and mm-hmm. you should come and you should take Taylor and so I think my dad took me thinking I would write jokes for him, maybe, because I wanted to write like <laughs> kids books. I wanted to write like YA novels. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just took this class and like fell in love with it. And even after I fell in love with it, it wasn't until I was like 18 or 19 that I performed. I w- it wasn't until I was 18 that I performed in a comedy club because I wasn't allowed to. Mm-hmm. And then once I finally performed in a comedy club, I was like, oh, shit, this is what I want to be doing. But even then I was too scared to be like, I'm going to be a comedian for real. Uh And I was so terrified and had so much stage fright. And I like met another comedian who had like started at 16 too. And they were like, you're not working hard enough. Like they're like, you're really funny, but you have to go up like every night that you can. And once I started doing that, things started moving really quickly and I got better so much quicker and a lot happened. And I'm sure part of that is because I was so young, but no, I, it wasn't like a, I've known since I was 12, Mm -hmm. this is what I always wanted to do. It was a very, um, a very slow, I just fell into it. I really just fell into it. And then even when I was doing it and knew I loved it, I, I didn't think like, well, this will be my job. Mm. I was like, I can do this on the weekends (laughs) as I've become a teacher. (laughs) I love that you were like, no, I'm hanging on to this. I want to be a teacher. I want to do other things. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think you're pretty like you're really great at like telling jokes. I like this one that you have um where you're telling your dad about I think your depression and he was like when you feel that way go as far away from people as you can and you compare it to a werewolf and that like it was such like a a what like such a good comp- I don't know. You know how you like <laughs> you hear a joke and you're like god damn why did I think of that? It was such, it's such a good joke. It really made me laugh. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I wish, uh, look, I wish he hadn't said that, but also (laughs) we're paying the bills. We're paying the bills with these, with these nuggets of wisdom he gave. Yeah. I have a couple, like, uh, I used to tell a couple jokes about my grandpa saying like horrific things to me that were like very funny. And I would tell him, I said them on stage and he would just like laugh and be like, well, it's true. And I'm like, well, don't double down. That's not the point. Isn't that crazy? I've done that too, where my dad and I don't really have a relationship now, but when I was younger, I would run jokes past him before I put them on television. And Mm -hmm. he was like, yep, that's what I believe. Gay people should have no rights. And you're like, cool. All right. I'm going to go do it now. (laughs) No take backs. Like, yeah, no, (laughs) that is funny to be like, I, you said this wild thing and he's like, Hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Go tell, go spread the news. Yeah, I have a joke in my first special about uh, which I made very funny, but I it's the one joke in quarter life crisis that I probably should have saved for this new special Mm -hmm. thematically. Um, (laughs) But it's about how me like essentially being suicidal in high school and my dad saying, like, be my guest. Go ahead. Oh, yes. And Uh uh, it's a very funny joke. If you watch the joke (laughs) and it's I think very like, you know, I think it's very gracious uh, towards my parent, uh, where I make myself just sound kind of like ridiculous and dramatic. Um, Mm -hmm. but actually a very traumatic memory that I've had to work through in a lot of therapy. Uh, and I, it's true. I say in the joke, like I brought it up to him and he was like, Oh yeah, I remember that. And you're like, Mm. wow, 
you okay <laughs> that's an interesting thing that you say like you worked through it and then you put it on stage and you like make it funny I had a friend where I like told a joke about them on stage because we like got into this thing and they were like, well, I don't want you to not talk about the funny things that happened in your life. And I was like, oh, that wasn't funny. That was (laughs) awful. And that's why I talked about it because it made me feel better that I could make it funny and that people laughed and then it felt good to me. And they were like, oh, well, that's not how I operate because they're not a comic. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. (laughs) We're not all like that where we have to tell everyone our trauma and have them go, ah. (laughs) I don't, I'm honestly not sure how anybody heals from things without this. I'm like, what do you do if you're just like a lawyer? You have no outlet. I don't know. Maybe you like, I don't know, you go to court and you tell like a dead dad joke and then they're like, hey, did you need time off? I know. Oh my yeah. god. One of the first jokes I wrote was about my my dad's death or whatever. I mean, I think I've told it on the podcast before, but it was essentially like I invited my dad to my first improv show and he died before that because he'd rather be dead than see his daughter do object work. <laughs> and thank you. <laughs> I told it to just a crowd of people who were silent and I was like, oh, okay, not the not it. Well, here's another one. A lot of you guys moved back in with your parents in your early 20s. I couldn't do that because graveyards closed. And they were like, we're still not on board. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I love that because my new special has six minutes of jokes mm-hmm. about my mom dying. So I'm so right there with you. And I tried to talk about it for years mm-hmm. and would like kind of test the waters. I'm like, OK, I'm 21. I've been on television. Can I talk about my dead mom? No. All right. We'll check back in in a year and a half. And in a year and a half, I go, hey, hey, I did another thing. I have another credit. Can I talk about it now? And everyone's like, "Mm -mm, nope, we're still sad. We'll chuckle a little. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to do one, one Netflix special. And if it does well enough, maybe I can tell these dead mom jokes that work sometimes. And uh, also just, you know, I'm sure, you know, like, you have this like hard stuff you want to talk about. And sometimes you have to wait till you mature mm-hmm. enough as a performer to know how to package it. Yeah. I also think your audience ages up a bit. Yeah. So it's like at 21, I, cause I think that's when I first started doing stand up at 21 or maybe 25. I don't remember. Um, less people in the audience had dead parents. So yes. they're like, mm, do not identify. But it's like, once you hit your thirties, it's like, eh, some people have experienced a little bit of death and my we mind. are all out here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh it's sad, but also like I don't know, like if you can't me personally, if I can't laugh at it, I don't know how to move past it. Yeah, same. Real quick, we got to take a break. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, there's always something that I really need to talk about. And thank God I have a podcast. But then there's stuff that I don't want to reveal publicly. So I talk to a therapist. And listen, we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get stuff off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional cost. And I got to say, that's very important because the first person you meet might not be good for you. So... 
even though it's work, you got to work to find someone who like is helpful and is good for you. So don't stick with someone just because you feel like you have to. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash DateMe today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash DateMe. Okay. Hey, did you know one in five Americans have learn a new language on their bucket list? If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste time on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned out in the real world. Babbel made it super easy for me to brush up on my Spanish before my vacation to Mexico. See how I said that? It's, it's better and it sounds like I speak Spanish. It just makes traveling better so you can like order food, ask for directions and flirt with the locals. Me encanta muchacho! <laughs> without having to consult language apps while on vacation. Here's a special limited time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash date me. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash date me. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash date me. Rules and restrictions may apply. And, oh, we're back. Um... I don't know if you want to talk about it, but you post on Instagram just like selfies you take after anxiety attacks. And I feel like I feel like that's helpful, like for people to be like, oh, shit, I'm not alone. Like other people go through it and it's tough and it's hard. Yeah. I mean, selfishly, it's helpful for me because you get a lot of messages and comments that are like, oh, my God, I do this, too, or Mm -hmm. I'm going to do this now or, you know, my therapist told me to do this like the first time I posted about it was during COVID and it was after the first special came out and I was feeling like my Instagram looked too good where I'm like, I look like everything's going really well. And I need everyone to know that I'm Uh also struggling behind the scenes. So I think I had posted about it, um, with the context of like, Hey, the morning I shot this special, I had a horrible panic attack and had to take Klonopin and, you know, just Mm -hmm. know that people's lives aren't just like this incredible series of photos which uh, I always appreciate when I see other people on Mm -hmm. Instagram or TikTok or whatever doing it. And then I posted it it again this year in the last, whatever, six months, because I was feeling similarly where I was like, okay, we're doing, we're, we're living our dreams. Mm -hmm. Let's remind, let's remind people. I also just feel sort of like, I don't know, maybe dishonest if I don't Mm -hmm. touch on that stuff a little bit at, at times. Um, but yes, again, selfishly, it made me feel a lot better and a lot less alone. And that's like the most rewarding part about creating stuff is, or, or being any sort of like public figure or, or having a job in entertainment is like being able to talk about the stuff that you experience or deal with or struggle with and having other people say, oh my gosh, me too. And what a relief mm-hmm. to know that not only you, but everyone in this comment section feels that way as well. And it is really helpful to do for me. Like I legitimately look at that folder of photos when I am deep 
in a panic attack and I feel like I'm not going to get through it because you really do. You feel like you're going to die. You feel like you're not going to make it. And being able to look at how many times it has happened to you and that you're still here for me is very, very helpful. Yeah. And I think it's helpful for other people to like understand feelings and it's like, you will get through it. And what tools can you use to like help yourself get through it? Like I didn't realize I had anxiety until this year and I was like, Oh, anytime I'm like nervous about something coupled with feeling manic, that's how my anxiety manifests. And I know a lot of people have anxiety attacks where they feel like they're dying. I never feel like that. I'm always like, what if I drive my car off a bridge? Right. And then I'm like, don't do that. Ooh, I, uh, and then I like can't <laughs> like just like put my thoughts together. And then I'm like, oh, it's because I'm feeling anxiety about this thing that's going to happen shortly. Mm-hmm. And like before my special, Sashir, truly to her credit, if she was not at my house, I do not know if I would have gotten on that plane because the way I was packing my suitcase was wrong. Instead of bringing my suitcase upstairs, I was bringing things down one at a time <laughs> and like placing things in my suitcase and then being like, yeah, go back upstairs. And I'm like, okay. Uh. And then she's like, what are you doing? And I was like, not sure. <laughs> yeah. It's like things just, my whole uh, critical thinking goes out the window when I have anxiety. And it's like nice to know that like other people feel just not like themselves before things like before important events. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I had such horrible stage fright when I started doing stand up, and I mean, coming back from the pandemic from like mm-hmm. quarantine and lockdown, I was like, I think I forgot. I think I forgot how to do it. I feel like I'm 16 years old again, having to go on stage, not knowing what I'm doing. And the only reason I don't get nervous like that to that level is because I do it so much now, Mm -hmm. but even like doing spots in town, I don't know how you feel, but obviously like when you go on the road, people are there to see you. Yes. And in town, that's not always the case. There are people in the audience who are excited to see you. And then there's people in the audience who are like, you're not Joe Rogan. So Mm -hmm. it's such a mixture. (laughs) And you know, that's how we all started, of course. But once you get used to people coming to see you, you're like, this is really nice. Uh-huh. I love this part. And then you come back to town and you're like, okay, I know this is important. So we make sure these jokes work mm-hmm. everywhere, but it, it definitely is less comfortable walking out on stage at like the comedy store and you're working yes. on new stuff a lot of the time. Yep. It's just, yep. Yeah. All the stuff I did the other night was new stuff and I had to follow Jesselnick and I was like, Oh boy. And <laughs> he was like, do you mind? He's like, are you pressed for time? I was like, no. And he's like, Oh, okay. So you're right after me. And I was like, I mean, I don't want to be right after you. And he was like, ha ha. And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then after I left Chris Rock, as I was walking out, Chris Rock was walking in and I was like, yeah, that's what these people want. Wow. They want a real famous drop in. They you don't are really me. famous though. Oh, you know, not at the comedy store. Uh, Truly, they looked at me like a giant toddler in purple overalls that they have never laid eyes on. And I was like, this is... Is that true, though? Or do you feel like that's in your head? Because I feel like the comedy store psychs a lot of people out. It might be in my head because I feel like you have to get past there. And I'm not like, I don't do shows there regularly. I think you're past, though. Am I? I don't know. I think so. 
Did your name get painted on the wall? Sure didn't. No. Really? Yeah, I'm not past there. What is it? A paid regular? I'm not yeah. one of those. Really? Sure I'm not. I can like see your name written in my head. In it's the nowhere, way, right? Taylor. That's so weird. <laughs> oh, it's fine. I do spend more time in like uh, at alt shows yeah, and alt yeah. rooms. Um, and like the back of a bookstore or like um, the the parking lot of a, a taco truck. Uh, play. <laughs> I don't know. I That's where I thrive. But if it's like, oh, people paid good money and there's lights. <laughs> that's Those are not my people. People paid good money and there's lights. <laughs> Look, we all love good heroin. Okay. That's a great show. <laughs> like every example you gave was good heroin. Um, yeah. I, I, well, I just performed there and that was nice and they were nice to me and I liked it. <laughs> Well, and it's so important, I think, to perform at, at like club rooms and alt rooms yes. because it is different, just a different dynamic. And even like our shows on the road, you know, you go do a theater or a club. I mean, a lot of these improvs are essentially theaters. They're so mm-hmm. big. Like it's a different, you're so much more, you're so just so much more in those rooms. Yeah. Like working on this hour at flappers in the yoohoo room this last week, just in between these theater shows. I'm like, Oh, this is not how it's going to be on stage Mm -hmm. when I can pace. And here I'm just kind of stuck at this. This stage is literally two feet long. Mm -hmm. I'm basically standing on a box in front of 40 (laughs) people, which is good for working out ideas, but not necessarily the choreography of an entire hour. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's uh, and even in New York, too. Like, I don't know how much I know you filmed your special in New York, right? Mm-hmm. How much do you go out to New York to do spots or anything? I had this grand idea that I was going to do that. And then the pandemic hit mm-hmm. and I was like, well, I guess I'm not. I don't know. Um, but I haven't just I next year I might spend like maybe two months or something trying to work out my hour because I'm I decided to take the rest of this year off. Uh, I had like a couple of things where I was like, oh, I have to keep canceling shows because I keep getting jobs. Mm. And then I was like, well, in anticipation of like a busy rest of the year, I might as well just do that and then like block off a good amount of time next year to do it. Mm -hmm. So I think I might spend like two months in New York and just like really work out the hour. I also was like, I don't think I have it in me to create an hour that I'm proud of. Mm. I know I could cobble something together, but I was so proud of my special that I was like, cobbling sounds like a treat, like a cobbler. And I don't want to (laughs) cobble together material. So yeah. And then I was like, cause I'm working on a bunch of different things that I was like, I could cobble it and I could finesse it and like refine it. And like in a couple months be proud of it. But I was like, I don't think I have the, the, like, uh, the bandwidth to actually do that with everything else I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, if that's the one thing that goes that, that I think that's what it is. Yeah. Which sucks. Cause I do like touring, mm-hmm. but it's so much, it's hard to it do is. that and anything else. Yeah. So, so during the pandemic, you were not touring and I don't know if you want to get into it, but you made content with, um, with Sam mm-hmm. and can we talk about this or are you sure we can talk about it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So what was it like dating someone being cooped up and creating content with them? I mean, honestly at the time, like we'd been dating for like five months at that point and we were long distance obviously. And like weirdly it was kind of great for us because mm-hmm. we're both workaholics. And so it, 
gave us something to do. We like did a web series together and we started a podcast and we were there every day to like motivate each other and help each other write. Um, should we have taken more time off to rest? Possibly, but we didn't do that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but for us, like we had never spent five months with a partner like day and night mm -hmm. all day. Like that had never happened. And he stayed in LA cause he was out here when everything shut down, um, already and was going to go on the road and, and just decided to stay thinking mm -hmm. it would be a couple weeks. And then it turned into five months. And, um, yeah, I think for us, like it was kind of a great part of our relationship that later on we looked back at and we're like, Oh, that was actually really kind of nice <laughs> to be in the same place. Um, as the person you were dating for, for that amount of time, because it, when we weren't, you know, terrified, uh, and thinking about dying and losing everyone we loved, <laughs> we were just like hanging out, just like sleepover, mm -hmm. you know? So yeah, I think, I think in a weird way, uh, I look back on that time very fondly mm -hmm. knowing of course that the, uh, terror was also present Yes. But then you're like, well, we watched a lot of movies and that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> and look, we did like, we also had just both released specials. Like he had mm -hmm. released one in February and I had released one a week before lockdown. So we were promoting those specials mm -hmm. on zoom for literally months. Like that kept us busy for like the first two months we were doing a lot all day. And then we started doing stuff together. So then like we were interviewed like on zoom for like the today show about this dumb web series we did on Instagram. Like it was so dumb. It was such a weird, weird time. Yeah. Looking back at the pandemic or, I mean, we're still kind of in it, Ugh, whatever, but like looking back to like that first couple of months of it, it was like, what is anything anymore? Yeah. What is, what are we doing? We're doing zoom interviews all the, okay. Yeah. We're going to see the inside of everybody's houses. <laughs> Some of y'all don't clean up. Uh Oh <laughs> yeah. It's wild. Here's another question. I love asking people. So when you're on the road, do you have chuckle fuckers? I mean, <sighs> <laughs> it's like what I define it. Do you just mean anybody who hits on you? Yeah. Do you find yourself getting hit on a lot on the road? I mean, I don't hang out or anything after mm. shows. I found that if people hit on me after shows, it's usually like their friends saying like, he likes you. Like, it's usually like that kind of thing. Yes. Um, I had a guy in a meet and greet the other night go like, cause I do jokes about like dating. I'm like, I need to stop dating straight men. And he was like, maybe you should just stop dating the wrong type of straight men. And I'm like, aha, like you just kind of like <laughs> you laugh it off or like, or you, I'll have guys do that. And cause I do a meet and greet, but it's only for like 50 people. Mm -hmm. So every once in a while you get a, you get a dude who's like, Hey, if you ever need someone to call back to your set, the thing you said, and I'm like, oh, okay, you, you <laughs> message me. And then I never check them. Um, but no, nobody's ever, I, I just, I've never done anything about it. Fair. Uh, I've never, even like the, the few times that you're like, ah, you're attractive. <laughs> what am I going to do? I get a lot of DMS from people who are like, Hey, when you're in Oklahoma city mm -hmm. in, I'd love to take you to dinner. And you're like, why <laughs> you think I'm going to move to Oklahoma city? You think we're going to, you think I'm looking to go on one date 
in Oklahoma City? Yeah, just one date in Oklahoma City and maybe you give up everything and you move there. Wait, what is an o- helium? Helium's in Oklahoma City. Have you done that helium? Is it the helium? I thought Oklahoma City, I did Bricktown. You're is right. It is Bricktown. Yes. Okay, good. Okay. I was like, am I crazy? No, you're not crazy. I am <laughs> crazy. Oh, wait, is it? Yeah, it is Bricktown. I love that place. That place is awesome. That I club's so fun. I have some of my best sets ever there. Yeah. And I was like, Oklahoma City? I know. Okay. Yeah. Comedy off Broadway in Lexington, Kentucky is another one. If oh, you... really? Oh, my God. It's incredible, that room. I had to reschedule so many times in 2020. It was 2020 was fun because it was like, okay, we're rescheduling for later this year. Yeah. And then later this year, what happened? Like, we're rescheduling for next. It was wild. Yeah. It was a lot of pretending. Yeah. Yeah, truly. Well, I mean, I only thought it was going to be two weeks where I guess everyone thought it was going to be like, we stay inside for two weeks and this goes away. We were like, cool. I need a break. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Were you ever on dating apps like Tinder? I got on OkCupid when I was like 21, Mm -hmm. I believe, for four days, long enough to get a joke out of it for Quarter Life Crisis. Okay. And then um, after that, I've been on Hinge a couple of times. Okay. But I never last longer than like a week. Oh. Um, I'm I'm generally in a relationship and... I'm realizing that is not healthy (laughs) (laughs) if you're just in back-to-back relationships. Um, And usually if I was on a dating app, it was to like distract myself or something. But I don't usually last very long. Um, But I've gotten on Hinge a couple of times and it's just weird because now people will like they recognize you, you now. Yeah, yes. they recognize you. It feels so douchey to say that. But and then people you think don't know who you are do. Mm-hmm. And then they pretend like they don't. And you have to yeah. like figure out because I never really put my job on there. And then people would like I went out with a guy once who thought I was catfishing him. And I was like, I was just in, I was, I think I was manic at the time. And I was like, you think I'm catfishing you? Let's get coffee. Like, I just was like, (laughs) I'll prove it. (laughs) Just not, not great. I'll fucking meet you. I'll meet you. I'll show you. That's so fucking funny. You, (laughs) but yeah, it is. It's just weird. It feels like you feel like very paranoid and I'm not like a famous person. So I don't feel like I, can be but i also like i tried raya once Mm -hmm. and i think i don't think i was on that for very long either because i never saw one person i wanted to date yeah i think raya is filled with a lot of like australian djs and like weird models and uh yeah just uh people i'm not interested in but also you are like you're very successful and you are like pretty famous i think you you are you on dating apps right now Oh, she's on all of them. Tinder, Bumble, Hinge. And you have to get recognized all the time. Yes and no. My demographic is not straight men. So straight men, a lot of the time, will just be like, hey. And we'll like back and forth a couple times and then we'll go out. And then they'll be like, what do you do? And I'll be like, oh, okay. Uh, I'm an actor. (laughs) And they're like, what have you been in? And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, one of the last dates I went on, he was like, what do you do? And I said, oh, I'm a comic. And he was like, oh, okay. 
and is that it? Do you have a day job? And I was like, oh no, I also like host this show on Netflix. And he's like, what's it called? And I was like, nailed it. And he was like, oh, that's pretty cool. And I was like, huh. And <laughs> not just like high on myself, but I was like, oh, this person is either the best actor of our time or they genuinely don't know who I am at all. And then they didn't really seem to know anything about like the entertainment business. And I was like, okay, to be in California and to like, not know anything is like kind of fun and kind of cool. And it was an interesting date. I mean, that sounds great. That's kind of the dream is like, which is so weird because I'm I'm like, why am I trying to hide this mm-hmm. from people? This thing I do that probably makes me, it's like the coolest thing about me. If we're being <laughs> honest, like uh-huh. it's the coolest thing about me. But to, and like male comics put it all over that shit. Like male comics, they'll do three photos of them on stage holding yeah holding the mic or like with earphones on being like i podcast <laughs> yeah it's just a lot and i don't know i the dating app thing i just i've i've gone on a handful i had one week a, a while back that i did hinge and i was like i, I took a flight i took a cross country flight And I just went so hard for Mm -hmm. six hours and I just set up like seven dates. And I was like, we're doing that this week. And by the end of the week, I was like, okay, I need to talk to my psychiatrist about changing medication. (laughs) But it's, I was like, oh, this is like easy. Like if you just want to go on dates and meet people, this is easy. Finding someone you really like may not be super easy, but you can go on dates. And like, I met some very nice people and probably could have dated some of them, but the like the app stuff is just like, it's just not fun. It's not fun. And it is another job. It's It's another another job job. because you got to swipe. You have to message people. You have to set up the date. You have to go on the date. It is truly exhausting. And then Mm -hmm. you like, don't get anything out of it. I don't even know if I told this story on the podcast, but I went on a date with this dude who we were talking and he was like, you know, all black people are aliens. And I was like, wait, what? You can't say that. But he was also black. So I was like, I guess I just listen. And then he was like, (laughs) from ancient Egypt, you know who Nefertiti is? I was like, yes. And he was like, Nefertiti. And I said, yeah, I know who Nefertiti is. Stop repeating. He's like, she was an alien. That's why she wore that big hat because she was an alien. And that was like where her skull went. And I was like, I guess if if that's what you if that's what you think. And I still fucked him because I was like, <gasps> I've already invested time in this. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, we're in too we, deep. So deep. And then he like wouldn't leave. He like was just laying in the bed and kept talking. And I was like, you don't say. And he's like, well, uh, are you going to do anything for the, the rest of the night? And I was like, it's so late. What do you mean? I was like, I guess I'm going to watch HGTV. <laughs> and then he left and said, I guess I'll leave you to watch your little houses. And I was like, okay. <laughs> he was so weird. Oh my God. Dating's horrible. That's almost, I just. It really is. Yeah. I don't know. I'm like, I'm very much like, I have no interest in <laughs> dating uh, at the moment for a while. Mm-hmm. I think I'm like good for a minute and I will panic about getting older later. I suppose. Like I just. I just can't do it right now. I'm tapped out. Do you panic about like being alone older? Cause I'm always like, I don't mm-hmm. know if I'm old and alone, whatever. 
I'm like the now I need someone now. Oh, that's amazing. I mean, no, I just, I mean, obviously you want someone now, but I, yeah, I totally, I think I'm just like, I don't know. I don't want to say like, I'm a relationship person. Cause that's what love addicts say when they want to sound stable. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but I'm, 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 I'm not like a casual dater. I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not making the most of it out here. You know, I'm not living, living life to its fullest in my twenties. Like I date pretty, pretty seriously and monogamously. Mm-hmm. And even when I've dated people that I was like, well, this probably won't last. I still ended up in a serious relationship with those people. So I don't think I know how to do like, this will just be a casual chapter of mm-hmm. my life. Cause I've tried to do that and it has not worked out. So I think I just need to maybe wait until, uh, it happens. That sounds very healthy to know how you behave and just be like, I just need to wait. I, I think that sounds healthy. Uh, yeah. Real quick. We have to take another break. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service that's all about helping you have fun and get creative with your style. Shift gears in your wardrobe without a complete and expensive overhaul. Dressy stuff, trendy going out clothes, casual tops and premium jeans, sweaters, outerwear, vacation fits, you name it. For just $98 a month, you get a choice of any six styles each month. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands with inclusive sizing, fast, free shipping and returns, and professional cleaning in newly state-of-the-art laundering facility, plus the option to buy what you love. I like Newly a lot because sometimes I don't want to like own a sparkly thing because I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to wear it more than once. Also, I have a ton of sparkly things. And Newly is very good at like having a sparkly thing that I'll wear once and then I can send it right back. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now you get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code DATEME20. Just go to newly.com, N U U L Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code DATEME20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y dot com. Newly with two U's with code DATEME20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. Spring is the best time to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up. And Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, tap into your power, and build towards whatever you're looking for. Okay, Peloton can accommodate your schedule with a variety of class lengths to choose from. Even if you only have five minutes, there's a class to get your body moving. And I have to stress how important that is. Five minutes is better than no minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and mood. Move at your own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take the guesswork out of working out. So you can just jump right in, keeping your fitness journey fresh every day because that's what it is, a journey. And listen, Peloton has everything you need to get to where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, uh, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton is something for you. 
Ooh, the Peloton classes I like to do are strength training. I also like the yoga because um, I'm always trying to get more flexible um, because I love doing splits because I'm slutty. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at (laughs) OnePeloton.com. What's the worst date you've been on? Oh, just all the ones that like weren't weren't my soulmate like that was so fucking rude i'm like you're really you're gonna go out with me and not be my husband fuck off i'm trying to think i don't know that i've had any like horrific dates i really haven't i've the worst dates i've been on were just like oh that was a bummer like Mm -hmm. i thought that would be better like that's really it like i was i went on a date with a guy once that i had talked to for a few days and Mm -hmm. i was like oh my God, like we have so much in common. Like it really made me, it made me able to appreciate love is blind later because Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I understand how you could talk to someone uh, and not see them in person and think like, oh my God, this could be it. And then you meet them and you're like, okay, just, I guess not. Like (laughs) just deflate like a balloon. That's why I don't text back and forth. That's smart. That's so smart. Yeah. I just, it's too much. And I'm like, but like, I don't know. Like, it's like you, you're one person texting and then you meet them in person. You're like, I don't want this at all. Yeah. Or even just like that weird thing where you're like, there's just something's just not there. Mm -hmm. You know, you're like, oh, it's so weird how it's just like fine. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, Fuck. I had another question that I can't remember. Dating apps, mm. worst date like you've been apps, on. Worst date. So, okay, you, you're a relationship person. This is what I wanted to ask. You go from relationship to relationship, which I think is fine. How can I become a relationship person? I mean, look, that's what people have asked me. And you know what, though? You you hit a point where I think the universe goes, you have to stop now. <laughs> well, you have to stop. We're going we're gonna to make it so you can't do that anymore. This is, you need to... <laughs> chill out. We're going to sit on you. I do. I do think there is some, some truth to, Hey, take a break between relationships to mm-hmm. reset and, uh, you know, get over that last one. So you're not doing it while also falling in love with the next person because that overlap is very confusing. Um, but I do have <laughs> friends who are single. I have, I had a friend who's been single for a while and she asked me that she's like, how do you get like guys to just like want to be your boyfriend. And I was like, I mean, I'm sure it's partially the people I, I, I picked. I mean, mm-hmm. not everyone's going to want to be my boyfriend. And then also I think I have trust issues. So I think uh, looking back on it, honestly, you should never play games guys. <laughs> you should never do that. Okay. And I wasn't, I just genuinely didn't trust them or think I should date them. But when you do that, that's very enticing to straight men. A lot of the time oh. when you're like, I just don't, you know, like looking back a lot of the beginning of a lot of my relationships, pretty much all of them. I think I tried to end them a couple weeks in where I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, this just isn't, this just isn't, I don't think you want like really not healthy where I'm just like, Oh, I just don't think you really want this. Or I don't think you really like me that much. And they're like, no, mm-hmm. no, no, I do. And then you're like, do you really like me? Or are you just trying to prove something? So yeah, it's, it's unfortunate, but I, <laughs> I do think maybe. But look, I'm still single, so I don't know. I don't know what the healthy way is. I think ideally you're not supposed to play any games, but also uh, I don't think it doesn't not work to be a little like 
hard to get, supposedly. I mean, this seems to be... If I was to be like, oh, what is the most uh, adv- uh, the most similar advice you've gotten doing this podcast? Everyone is like, be a little hard to get. If you're trying to I get know. a man, you got to just play a little hard to get. And then they'll try to get it. And then they'll get it. Right. Yeah. And they'll feel like they did something. They won uh-huh. something. And you're like, all right. <laughs> yeah. It's so dull. It's depressing. It's really depressing if you're dealing with straight men. I've, but I have found that works uh, typically. <laughs> Beyond that, I I don't. I really don't know. It's just uh, I I'm not sure. I <laughs> what's the best advice you've gotten on this podcast? I mean, the best advice is like be yourself and don't dim your light. <laughs> Right, right, of course. Which, but then I'm just like, I don't know what man's gonna be like. That loud woman's for me. <laughs> do you really feel that way? I yes, I do. I feel like very few gentlemen in Los Angeles are like, mm, mm, you better give me that loud woman who will take attention from me. <laughs> Well, I'm sure the, the street men love how rich and successful you are, right? They're sure like don't. so into that. Sure don't. <laughs> oh boy. They're like, oh, you have all your own stuff and don't need me for a single thing. Unsubscribe. Yeah. <laughs> so Taylor, I know you have to go. Thank you so much for doing this. Do you have anything you want to promote? Sure. Just watch my specials on Netflix, uh, Quarter Life Crisis and look at you. They're both on there. I'm also episode three, I think, of the comedy lineup. So that's like two hours and 15 minutes of stuff just on Netflix. (laughs) Um, You're welcome. And then follow me on Instagram and TikTok and all that good stuff. No Twitter? I deleted Twitter. Congratulations. Right before my special came out because I was like, you know what? It's going to be a lot. And I just want one less thing to check and worry about because I wasn't going on it. I was like barely using it. So I was like, I'm only using this to like check the news. I'm not really using this as a promotional tool. Mm-hmm. Like, let's just get out of this. And it's so funny because the week after I was talking to my therapist and she was like, uh, did something happen on Twitter? And I said, what do you mean? And she goes, well, I noticed you weren't on Twitter anymore. And I said, oh yeah, I just got off of it. Cause I, you know, before the special came out, cause I just wanted like one less thing sending me notifications. And she goes, oh, thank God. I thought something happened and you had to deactivate <laughs> She's like, I was fishing to see if you had gotten canceled. Right, exactly. (laughs) No Twitter. Are you still on Twitter? I am still on Twitter. And every day when I read something, well, it's not something awful. There's this one man who likes to tweet at me every couple days that he like wants me to sit on his face. I'm like, "Mm, do I really need to be here? Yeah. But sometimes that makes me feel better where I'm like, well, at least somebody wants me to sit on them. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Look, I'm sure those people are also in your other folder on Instagram. You are right. Oh, maybe I should go yeah. through that and be like, anybody want to say something nasty to me here? If you need a, a brief, brief pick me up, just go to the other folder. <laughs> and sometimes it'll work and sometimes it won't. All right. That's good advice. I mean, if you're looking for salacious comments about your body. Always, always, they're always. There. It's funny because I'm like, when people say nice things, I'm like, I don't want it. But when someone's like, I want to stick my hand in your folds, I'm like, yay. (laughs) And that's maybe why I should, you know, uh, get back to therapy. (laughs) She's taking a break. She got to get back there. Thank you so much.
much for being with me, Taylor. What a dang treat. Thank you for having me. This is very fun. So if you write me a nasty message hitting on me, I will read it. Um, so this message says, this is long. I'll do the shorter one. <laughs> Actually, I'll do the longer one. Why not? Okay, this is so fucking long. I'd love to take you on a date somewhere special. I'd blindfold you and all you. Oh, also, if you want to send me something dirty, it's why won't you date me um, podcast at gmail.com. I'd blindfold you and all you'd hear is me guiding you into a ride share lift or Uber black, obviously, because you're worth it. That's funny that I didn't get like a better lift. Anyway, we drive for a while. Meanwhile, I'm kissing and licking from your ear to your lips to the other ear. Ew. And like a Joker smile. Finally, the car stops and we get out. The safe word is ba 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 ba. The same voice you do for uh, the McDonald's podcast read. If you don't do it and it's proper insane inflection, it doesn't count. You hear a ton of voices and I help you spread your legs and raise your arms. You think you're about to get in to fuzzy cuffs for something fun, but we move on. Okay. You lay down on a hardwood table. You hear a ton of voices around us. Are we performing? Maybe. I start to eat that sweet pussy and get you groaning. You're moaning for more and all of a sudden it smells spicy. Are you having a stroke? No, you'd smell toast. LOL. This is wild. <laughs> you keep squirming while I eat you out and smelling, smelling spicy smells. Finally, you realize there's a sizzling sound around us as well. You break down and rip off the blindfold and realize we're going to town in the middle of Guy Fieri's restaurant in the Burbank airport. All the families from the square Midwest states are just enjoying their fajitas and quesadillas while we keep destroying one another. No one cares because it's the airport. They've seen it all before. I start, this is so long. I start to deep dick you with this big white dick and shift on my heels to make sure to hit all the angles we pound away for the next 20 minutes while the servers have to move around us to get uh, to get guy fieri's signature burgers to hungry travelers <laughs> finally we lock eyes and realize we're about to explode and both come at the same time creating a white chocolate and dark chocolate mix on top of a skillet brownie with ice cream we just added the final sauce why is there dark chocolate sauce coming out of anybody as we come down from our flavor town post coitus high we want the skillet brownie get brought to us to brought to an unsuspecting diner and all we do is laugh and leave the burbank airport because we got refundable one-way tickets your amazing producer mars <laughs> meets us on the way out and is ready to record the recounting of today's activities for the next podcast episode we also grabbed her six bottles of wine on our way out of the airport as a way to say thank you for being fantastic. This is wild, Joe. I'm saying your name out loud. This is Joe, and you are absolutely insane. So that is Why Won't You Date Me podcast at gmail.com if you want to say something wild to me. Okay, bye-bye. That's it for Why Won't You Date Me with me, Nicole Byer. Why Won't You Date Me is produced and engineered by... Oh, the sweetest woman I know, Marissa Melnick. It is executive produced by other wonderful people, Adam Sachs, Joanna Solo-Taroff, and Jeff Ross. Thanks for listening. I love you. Thank you so much. We'll be seeing you next Friday with a brand new episode. What a treat. What a dream. <laughs> This has been a Team Coco production.
Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at tmobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com. 